the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Eye on Real Estate. We're the only show on talk radio, and it's going on 10 years. It's probably 10 years now. Um, It's all about real estate, everything that has to do with real estate, which is just about everything. I uh, have found that there is nobody, no matter who they are, no matter how much money they make, no matter where they live, that doesn't like to talk about real estate. It's kind of a universal subject. It's almost a universal language. I'm happy to introduce the Senior Vice President of Citizens Bank, Ace for Suparp. Hi, Ace. Good morning, Toddy. Good morning. It's beautiful. And it's finally a nice day. We got rid of the rain. It's pretty out. And um, I know there's been an incredible onslaught of mortgage applications for refinance and home equity loans right now because rates are so low. And I can promise you that you can't find anybody more knowledgeable about getting a loan than ACE. So if you have any questions about refinancing or if you need advice in getting mortgage or home equity loans, now is a chance to get that advice by the senior VP of one of the biggest lenders in New York area. We're at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. And you know that we love to hear from you. And by the way, Because there's still so many uncertainties out there about this virus and the economy, and we're going to try to cover some of the predictions, but predictions are only predictions, and they can change as circumstances change. We want to kind of look ahead also, and part of the show we're going to, Ace will be talking about, you know, what lenders are looking about, what they're thinking about in the future, um, kind of some of the things you can do to ensure, because you should always get your credit and your mortgage interest, all that stuff should be done before you actually look, okay? I also always want to thank Citizens Bank, which works with Douglas Elliman as a preferred lender. Citizens is one of the nation's oldest and largest financial institutions, and we truly thank them for their support. They also support their customers by providing an integrated experience that includes mobile and online banking, a 24-7 customer contact center, and you can find any information if you go on citizensbank.com. That's citizensbank.com. Citizens has opened the COVID-19 Resource Center, and they want you to know that they're there for you. They understand the tremendous amount of financial and personal stress that COVID-19 has caused all of us. So if you need relief or have any concerns or you just want to talk um, about different scenarios, 
Okay, they're glad to answer any of your questions. Okay, please, you can contact them at Helpful Services and Resources, including Economic Impact Payment Stimulus Payments. You can talk to them about Financial Hardship Payment Assistance. You can talk to them about online mobile banking. You can talk about every, anything you want. Okay, they're there for you 24-7. So if you can't sleep and you want to talk to them at 11 o'clock at night, you can certainly do that. Also, is one of my favorite and one of the biggest, really most knowledgeable Steve, really real estate attorneys that I know, um, Stephen Ebert, and he's a partner at Barton LLP, and that is one of the top law firms in the city with a specialty in real estate. And as I always tell you, when you're doing real estate, you should use a firm that specializes in real estate. Don't try to get it for your son-in-law, who doesn't really want to do it anyway, for cheap. Because their expertise might be in something else. So you want to use an attorney, just like if you, God forbid, committed a murder, you wouldn't want to use a real estate attorney. Okay, so you want to find somebody, and, and, and um, Stephen and, and Barton, you know, in Barton LLP, that is one of the top real estate firms. They know everything about real estate. If you have any legal questions or dilemmas about real estate, please give Stephen a call right now at 866-970-9622. excuse me. You can reach us all on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, or you can email me at Dottie at DottieHerman.com, or you can go to our real estate page, which is on Facebook, which is I on Real Estate, and if you get us there, you'll have a direct You'll, you can ask your questions, and it will go directly to Steve and myself or Ace, whoever it is meant for. Don't forget, follow us on Facebook. We put a lot of work into that, and we're there to take all your questions. Also, of course, we always like to hear from you in person, so you should call us 866-970-9622. We love to hear from our listeners. Today is November 14th. I can't believe the weather has been absolutely, like, luscious. It's been, like, I think it was, like, maybe 78 degrees last week. Um, and this is the 318th day of the year in the Georgian calendar. And so there's only 47 days remaining until like, that year ends. And I always like to tell you what happened in history on this day. So in 1938, the Lionsgate Bridge connecting Vancouver to the North Shore region, opened to traffic. In 1971, the Mariner 9 entered orbit around Mars. In 1979, U.S. President Jimmy Carter issued an executive order um, freezing all Iranian assets in the United States in response to a hostage crisis. And in 1995, a budget standoff between Democrats and Republicans in the U.S. Congress forced the federal government to temporarily close national parks and museums and run most government offices with skeleton staffs. I think you guys can remember that. And I'm hoping that the politics die down now. I'm, I'm done with all these politics. If today is your birthday, you share the special day with Gary Vanacek. And if you haven't heard Gary and Ace, you can vouch for him. And one day, Ace, one day you're going to get him to come on our show. I think he's fabulous. I heard him for the first time at one of the ACES events that he did for Citizens, and I was totally blown off my – I mean, I was totally blown away, and there's not too many people that do that to me. He's just kind of a genius. Um, you also, if today is your birthday, you share it with the Charles, the Prince of Wales. 
uh, Condoleezza Rice. Okay? And by the way, don't forget, today is National Seatbelt Today, and I always advise people, please, even though they're a pain in the neck sometimes, wear your seatbelts. Although with the new cars, you really can't not wear them or you get that awful buzzing sound. Okay, so no matter what vehicle, please make sure you put on your seatbelt. It is that important. It would save so many deaths. And, and Dottie, if I can add one thing, about two you weeks ago, New York, New York changed the law that regardless of your age or where in the car you're sitting, you have to wear a seatbelt. So it used oh. to be that adults in the back didn't have to wear one. As of about two weeks ago, you have to wear one in New York, no matter how old you are or where you sit in the car. Oh, I didn't even know that. Did that make big press or not? I don't know. I didn't read it. Little little press. I mean, you know, with everything. We had a, you know, between COVID and the election, it kind of was back page. Yeah, and can I say (laughs) this? I think some of you know my mom died in a car accident. She was 34 years old. And we had a car that was relatively, I don't know, maybe it was three or four years old. But at the time, seatbelts had just come into place. So the car we had was three or four years, and it was the first year seatbelts came out, so our car didn't have them. And, again, we'll never know for sure, but we skidded on ice coming back from from, um, skiing. And I'm really not sure. I mean, I'll never be sure. We'll never know for sure. But it might. She might have not got thrown across the parkway if we had seatbelts. So I'm a big advocate, even though they're a pain in the neck sometimes. Make sure you put them. And you know what? That's really good that they have to wear them in the back of the car because I never understood why they didn't. I don't. I don't know. I'm not really sure why the people really didn't, but they didn't. <laughs> so instead, yeah, no, it makes that, a big difference. A lot of you know people in like limos and things like that. They you hear about some of the terrible stories of accidents and. None of the people in there have seatbelts and things like that, so there'll probably be some. There should be some changes over there that will be happening. Right now, you know you can go to the Douglas Elliman website and get all our market reports. So, um, and 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 what are market reports? Market reports basically will show you what the market's done for the last ten years or how how it's performed. And just to give you a brief brief, because I could be here five hours, um, but if you want to find out any more details, just go to the Douglas Element site. But uh, exclusive in October, the 2020 Element reports from Manhattan and Brooklyn and Northwest Queens, and just to give you the highlights, um, new leases, new leases in Manhattan surged to the highest October totals in 12 years as falling rents are beginning to pull tenants back to the city. Now, if you think about that, and again, rents, we had, I don't know, I think it was like 35,000 listings, you know, for rent in the city. And um, I guess after a while, tenants, you know, uh, landlords reduce their rents. And when rents become low enough, we always say everything has a number. Everyone has a number. So what's happened is because of falling rents and because people are taking less in rents, they have seen a lot of people go back to the city and rent because they can get really some really great deals. The net effect is the median rent fell to its lowest level in nine and a half years. So if you have any intentions of renting, let us tell you it is a wonderful time to rent. And the renters are in the driver's seat at the moment. Okay, that could change, but right at the moment they are. A landlord's concessions 
uh, you know, and, and again, a lot of times landlords won't uh, lower their price, but what they might throw in is an extra couple of months, or, you know, they might throw some other things in. So you have to negotiate. In Brooklyn, leases surge. In Brooklyn, leases surge to the highest, oh, excuse me, to the second highest October total in 12 years. Now, if you go back and on some of the shows that we talked about when we were going through the pandemic, I don't know if I would have thought that would have happened. Okay? I mean, I, you know, none of us are fortune tellers, but that's a big number when you say that leases in Brooklyn have surged the second highest October totals in 12 years. So why do you think that is, Ace and Steve? You think it's price? Well, I, I think it's I think it's a few things that that are that are going on. And I think one, I think you're exactly right. Price is a factor. Everything has a price, particularly, and this is important. Talking to the investors, this is where I'd say commercial and residential are different. There is the demand is out there. It's a matter of things resetting and things restabilizing, and, and people getting a sense of where they are. So I think that's one thing. I think also what's happening is that we had an artificial drop in demand that's temporary because you had some people who said, I want to live in the city, I do need to live in the city, but I temporarily don't have to, and with with the COVID uncertainty, so they were temporarily living with friends and family out of the area. But we're seeing that come back, and what's interesting, there was a great article in the New York Post a couple weeks ago you know, starting to pick up on this trend, something we've talked about in the show, where people also realize that there is a living experience and dynamism and opportunity that you see in the city that you really do not see in other areas. So they had a great picture of somebody who, you know, lived over in Tribeca, who is now living in upstate New York, and you see him surrounded by farmland. And there's not a lot of great entertainment and dining um, when you're surrounded by acres of farmland. And they thought they wanted to be upstate, and within a couple of months, even before winter, realized they're coming back. So I think you're going to start seeing that. You know, it might not be an even straight line, right? You may have, if you have certain little surges, that may be some delays. But the trend, the trend is pushing that way. Right. Now, on, 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 on the highlights of that market report on, on rentals, and I told you, new leases surged the highest October totally in 12 years as falling rents are beginning to pull tenants back to the city. So people are saying, hey, look, with rents like this, hey, this is a time to rent. And they surged year over year, seeing no gains for, seeing no gains for the previous 14 months. They didn't see gains, but the people are coming back to rent, which is very good for the city. The market share of landlord concessions, meaning what landlords gave up or some of the, you know, the things that they threw in, set a new record, meaning that, and again, when I make a statement, it's just a blanket statement, probably if you you have good credit and, and you're a good renter, you could probably make some deal with the landlord and make some concessions. The net effective median rent, okay? fell to its lowest level in nine and a half years. So if you think about what that's telling you, the rent, the net median rent 
is the lowest it's been in nine and a half years, which obviously if you are in the market for renting, you uh, got lucky with timing, okay? Um, Landlord concessions for non-luxury properties were substantially higher than for luxury properties. Now, I don't quite understand that. Do you? I mean, I mean, I would think the opposite, but basically, I'm reading that landlords consent, meaning that landlords gave more concessions to non-luxury properties than they did to luxury properties. You know, it's it's an interesting you know it's an interesting question because, but it's also an interesting dilemma. You know, as we've talked about before in the show, where with the new rent law from a year ago, there is a limit as to how much security. A landlord's allowed to take right that one month security where in the past they could take right. more and I think a lot of the luxury landlords and we had a lease like this earlier this year we had a very we had a client renting a very very unique property you know it, it was really magnificent with built-in projection rooms and all, all sorts of extras and one of the things while the money absolutely mattered and don't get me wrong the landlord clearly wanted to rent it they also were concerned um, what about the condition of their investment if something went wrong? And so right, I think right. with the, what, and I agree with you, it's sort of counterintuitive, but what, what we saw in that, and I think it was a good example, was the concern that their property be maintained. Well, when you have sort of a more standard apartment, there's less of a concern there, and it's really just about aggregate numbers. You know, get people in those apartments. We're running those buildings anyway. Let's just get the best we can, and then hopefully, as things trend back to normal within a year upon renewal, then we'll see some new negotiability. Um, and, and I think that's that what. Correct. But again, you know, with the data, we're kind of interpreting it as we see it. Um, one thing I'm not sure of: if you, we just did Brooklyn, and we showed the, their increase in Manhattan, but the Queens, okay, um, Queens. Uh, their rental market, new lease signings and rents have continued to fall since the lockdown evolved. In I guess the lockdown was what March, April, around then. Okay, so Queens, they fell. I mean, so they didn't improve. Net effective median rents fell at the largest rate in nearly four years of tracking. Listing inventory increased to its second highest level in more than six years of tracking. Uh, the number of new leases declined year over year for the fifth consecutive month. So Northern Queens was not consistent with the city in Brooklyn um, as far as going up. I'm not sure. The only thing I could think of, and I'm not saying that I'm correct on this, is that maybe if the person had a choice of living in the city in Queens, they said, you know what, if I can live in the city for cheaper – or just as cheap as Queens, and I might as well live in the city. I, I can't think of anything else, but I don't know what your thoughts are, Ace, or, or and again, these are just our thoughts. The only thing I can think of, and it, depending upon how they define northern Queens, I'm thinking about, you know, if you have an area like Long Island City, very close to Manhattan, that is very Manhattan-esque, right? You have a lot of high-rises and, and development you know, if, if they're defining like Northern Queens as like Bayside and Douglaston and Little Neck, you're really getting a suburban feel almost with a lot of single-family homes. And, and I'm curious where how they draw where they draw the line on the map for that statistic. If you know, if it's more of a house single-family or two-family right. rental 
versus a high rise. Well, I'm going to get Jonathan Miller, who does uh, Douglas Elementary Sports. I'm going to call him, and I'm sure I'll get him in the next couple of weeks to come on and explain that. I think we're having a commercial break, but I want to continue talking just so you get the current information about um, on the element reports on now signed contracts. Those are rentals. So I want to give you a little bit now on sales, what's going on, so that you know accurate, up-to-date information on what's going on in the rental market. My name is Namrita Singh Gujral. I am a filmmaker and an immigrant. My film, America's Forgotten, uncovers the unintended consequences of a broken immigration system. The seven-year-old girl died in the desert. This child came from the country of India. I'm living in the chat. I can go to the police. I never expected this journey would lead me to a truth that I never intended to find. A great pillar of the community was killed by a man who had been deported at least twice. The public would be outraged if they knew the truth. I found how much Americans are being lied to regarding our immigration policies at the border. My friends, my industry, even my family all rallied against the final message of this film. All credits had to be hidden for fear of retribution. If you care about the future of America, you should watch America's Forgotten. Go to SalemNow.com to buy today. Use promo code WNYM for 20% off. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg speaks with personal injury attorney Corey M. Stern about the effects of lead poisoning on children living in New York housing. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd, Saturday afternoon at 1.30 on AM 970, The Answer. Are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, to leave their hard-earned dollars to loved ones or charities of their choice. But when people become ill and need to go into a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain your assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. You can keep your control and your choice over your assets. Connors & Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that's specific specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free, initial, comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. You can also visit them at connorsandsullivan.com. Don't let nursing home bills take your life savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or radio.com. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. 
I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com. Call 800-500-8384. Relieffactor.com. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. I'm here with Ace Plus Supop, our financial whiz, and Stephen Ebert, our legal eagle, and myself. My real, I'm a, well, I don't want to say guru, but I think I know a lot about real estate. And don't forget, we'd love to hear from you in person. You can call 866-970-9622, or you can get me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Dottie Herman at DottieHerman.com, or you can go on Ion Real Estate. We have a Facebook page that anything that you want to ask for us, you can certainly ask there, and we'll get you right to the website of either Stephen Ace or myself. Um, as I said before, the commercial break, we're going to talk about sales. We just talked about rentals. But before I do that, I want to take a quick call from a caller. Is it Tammy on the line? Tammy? Yes, ma'am. Hi, Tammy. Good morning. How are you? Thanks for calling Hi. an eye on real estate. Now, I you have a fabulous. question for us. Yes, fabulous. ma'am. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I love people who feel fabulous and smile. I think, I just think it's, no, I really do. I, I really do. I, I, you know, in the building that I worked in for so many years, and we're still there, but the man isn't there. There was a man that, you know, was kind of the doorman. And when you walked in, he knew everybody in the building and he called you by name and he always had a smile on his face. On his face. And it was just a nice way to start a morning to see somebody smile. So I can hear your smile. Now, you have a question about charitable real estate? Well, I do. And the reason why I'm calling you, Dottie, I actually Googled who are women in real estate that are very successful because there's plenty of men. But as a woman myself, I'm looking for mentors and people that I can chat with and aspire to, to be more like. So I just want you to know you came up in a Google search as the most successful woman in real estate. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I try. And, 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 you know, I was talking to a friend of mine. I just had hip surgery, so I'm, uh, I'm kind of still under the wind. But I've had a lot of people come and visit me. And I was just saying that I'm blessed to be in a profession that I love. And with real estate, you meet just so many different people. And everybody is interested in real estate. So it's a subject that we all want to hear about it. Now, you deal with charitable real estate? Is that what you is that what I understand? 
Yeah, so I was in real estate as an agent for many years. I did HGTV house hunters, and I was very assertive with making phone calls to expires and for sale by owners, et cetera, right. and right. done a lot of work with nonprofits as well. And long story short, I learned about charitable real estate and how there are groups, uh, specifically specialized 501c3s, that can take real estate as a donation and give 95% of the proceeds to any and all 501c3s in the country. And what I've learned is that there are a lot of people that are generous and want to give their property away. There's a lot of realtors who would like to make a full commission to list and liquidate. But the nonprofits in general, for the 100 years that this has been going on, have just said no. You know, they don't, they don't have the wherewithal. They don't know how to handle real estate transactions, so they've just been saying no. But now there are specialized 501c3s like my partners who accept these properties. And when I met them, I said, look, there's 2 million realtors in this country. If we got 1% of them to know that this is a specialized niche, that we will pay them a full commission to list and liquidate these properties, that $8 billion a year is already donated to nonprofits through real estate, yet 99.9% .9 of realtors and nonprofits don't do it. That's, really? that's a really big play in the world. And so, you know, I'm on a mission to certify 1% of the realtors because 20,000 realtors, shoot, 2,000 realtors would have hundreds of millions, billions more rolling through the nonprofits. And I would just like to, to share this message with as many people as possible. And frankly, I'd love to get some partners and sponsors that say, wow, we can help bring this to the world and train our realtors to be specialized in charitable real estate? Hell yeah. Well, you know, Cam, I'm so glad you called, and I would love if you would leave all your information with um, the guys that kind of take the calls, and we would love to get back to you because that's subject that I think would be wise for us to really do a subject on it, like on one of our shows where we can really talk about it. Because um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just guessing. I don't know how many people are really that familiar with that. Um, and that's certainly a wonderful cause. And I think it would help everyone to know more about that. And maybe you could come on as a guest and we can have that as a topic that we actually talk about. Yes, ma'am. Well, I, I can tell you, um, I mean, even yourself, so, so super uber successful in real estate, the reason that none of us have heard of this is because even when people are calling the nonprofits, hey, I've got a property I want to give to you, nonprofits have been saying no, no, no. So no one's heard of this, not to speak of. Now, $8 billion a year gets donated, but that's through three main charities who know what they're doing. So for us to be able you know, I'd love to teach your agents how to do it. There are so many generous people in New York City that would donate these properties, and they don't pay capital gains tax, and they write off the appraised value regardless of what it sells for. So I'd love to be a guest, and I'd love to chat with you about it further. I would love to do that. If you leave all your information, we will contact you, and we'll definitely have you as a guest. Steven, do you uh, deal with anything like that? We know we do, and it's, it's a great point. And so there's a few things that are out there. Um, number one, there are the, the, it's, a, it's a great idea. It also works very similarly um, for when not-for-profits accept donations of appreciated securities like stocks, where because 
not-for-profits are not taxed the same way as individuals. If you were to sell a piece of real estate or sell stock, you would pay capital gains and then you get a smaller donation. So by donating the appreciated asset, you don't have to pay capital gains and then you get the higher valuation for a more powerful tax write-off. Now, the call makes an excellent point. Part of the issue is the sophistication of the not-for-profits. A lot of them are not big enough. A lot of them don't really have a legal department to understand what to do with it. So what happens is the bigger not-for-profits really have a much better understanding of how to actually take this asset. But we, we've had you know, situations, I'll tell you, years ago when I had my firm, we rented from a not-for-profit that owned their own building. Um, and it really made a difference. It was actually a, a library that provided services for the visually impaired. And, um, you know, having that building totally changed what services they can offer. So it can really be a great thing. One of the warnings, though, and this may be some of the challenges, um, is that obviously not all real estate is the same, right? You know, some are, can be very valuable for not-for-profit, and then some requires a liquidation so they could monetize it because there is a cost. And the last part I do want to point out where there is a great opportunity for not-for-profits is if you know what you're doing, if you have a property that, that's owned by a not-for-profit and used in furtherance of the not-for-profit, you have all sorts of exemptions. So you can be exempt, for example, from New York City property tax if you own your building and you use well, it. Listen. There's a lot of great things. Yeah. Tammy, I would love to do this. Uh, if you leave your name and information, we'll get back to you this week, and we'll schedule you to come on the show. And by the way, I know a numerous amount of real estate schools where I'm sure they'd love to have you as a guest to even talk about it because I don't think, including myself, I'm as versed as I'd like to be on it. So that's a great subject, and thank you for calling us. And if you leave your information in a good time to get a hold of you, We'll call you and we'll schedule something and we'll have we'll have the, a whole subject on that. Well, I appreciate that. And you know, one little point about what our gentleman was saying here: this is not about actually donating real estate to nonprofits for them to hold and manage. We actually take the the property donation in our five hundred one c three. We list it with a realtor immediately at a full commission, liquidate it, and give the cash to any and all of the nonprofits in the country. So. We eliminate all those risks, and I'm happy to leave my information and talk about it later. Oh, please do that, and we'll schedule a, a session on that. And uh, that's something that we haven't talked about. It's a great subject, and I'm anxious to know. You know I could learn more about that too. And I think that uh, I think that that is, and I think you're right. There's a lot of people that are very generous and have things and just don't know how to do it. So if you leave that, I will make sure that I call you during the week. We'll set up a time when you can come on and we'll uh, have you on and you can give us all the information about it. And thank you so much for calling. You put a smile on my face. We are going to be back after the break. We're going to continue talking, as I said, about we did rentals. We're going to give you a little sum summary of what's happening in sales. Um, in, in the Northeast region and actually some of the regions that we deal with outside of the Northeast. Um, we know about rentals, now we're going to learn about sales so that you can be current. This is current, up-to-date information about the sales market and what's going on through the virus and through all of the 
what markets are up, what markets are down. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The answer. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. I heard the ads over the radio, and I just had a good feeling about this. I like that there's no additives or anything like that in the way they freeze-dry it. It's fruits and vegetables, and what can be wrong with that, you know? Especially without the additives and the synthetics that they put into some of these vitamins. Just different stuff like that that all added up to the point where I thought to myself, well, i got to give it a shot. So that's the reason I started with them, and then when I did, it was just a better feeling. And I used to take some natural vitamins, but I cut them all out. They were good stuff, but they weren't what this is. And my wife had some issues with different stuff, and they disappeared. I I actually got them for her because she's got some problems. This actually helped her out, and she feels a lot better. She had pains in her lower legs, and she doesn't get the pain in the legs. It used to be from the knees down to the ankles. She used to get these pains in there, and she doesn't get that anymore. And she had starbursts with the cars, like when you're driving at nighttime, and the glare of their lights formed like a starburst. She doesn't get that anymore. And I get a feeling of well-being, so I'm thankful for that. With all that, you're representing, I think, a good company, and I think you got a good man in charge over there, and I hope he keeps it up, you know. He just seemed like a guy that's sincere trying to help somebody, and he just hit the nail on the head with this stuff, I think. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code the answer. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Radio.com. You like your burger medium well, your peanut butter crunchy, and your mattress firm. It's the little things that make you, you. And you deserve a Medicare plan that fits your unique needs. That's why United Healthcare is offering more plan options than ever, so you can find just the right plan for you. Call 1-800-362-8715. That's 1-800-362-8715 to get Medicare with more. Remember, Medicare annual enrollment ends December 7th. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we previously gave you a little synopsis of basically where the rental market has been 
And now we're going to give you a little synopsis of basically the sales market. These are things that actually sold. And by the way, when we talk about the New York market report, a lot of times when the market report comes out for New York, depending on who does it, it includes Manhattan, Brooklyn, parts of Long Island and the Hamptons and some of Connecticut. So it's kind of more than what meets the eye. But in Manhattan itself, new signed contracts for the combination of all property types, no matter what they may be, continue to narrow the gap from the same month a year ago. Single-family new signed contracts led the way, exceeding prior year levels, while co-ops saw a slightly year-over-year decline, and condos new signed contracts continued to lag other property types. So my guess is that, again, what that's really saying is that single-family uh, single family places in Manhattan led the way. And I am sure that has something to do with the virus, where buildings people are still a bit leery about. I mean, that's just my guess. Um, but we'd, we're, we're narrowing. There's really not a lot of inventory. So I, I don't know if, you've, if you talk to salespeople, they'll tell you there's a lot of buyers out there. There's not a lot of inventory. In Brooklyn, new contracts for the combination of any kind of property, they continued again also to uh, do what Manhattan did. They narrowed the gap from the same month a year ago. And single-family new signed contracts, again, led this, the way the same as they did in Manhattan. On Long Island, and when we talk Long Island, we're going to exclude the Hamptons and North Fork because the Hamptons and the North Fork, although they are part of Long Island, are really a second market. Um, but so Long Island itself, which is Nassau and Suffolk, um, new signed contract activity for both property types remains above levels as of them last year. So they are very busy. New, new inventory also edged above a year ago. So we're starting to get a little bit more inventory on the market, which is good because I don't think we had enough. Um, but new signed contracts continue to outpace the supply. So what that basically saying is in Long Island, there are more buyers than there is supply. And so when you have more demand than supply, you then have a uh, seller's market, okay, because there's not a lot of inventory. So um, we're selling, but we could use more inventory in Long Island. So if you are thinking of selling your home, in the near future, I think it's a good time. As far as the Hamptons, single-family new signed contracts were more than double a year ago this time. But activity has kind of plateaued on a month-over-month -month basis since September. Now, I would tell you that the Hamptons, again, doesn't um, – it's a second-home market, so usually the busiest time in the Hamptons is right in the spring when people want to rent for the whole summer or buy to be in it for the summer, and also right after the summer where the renters get out and people put their houses on the market. So um, the, the, the Hamptons has plateaued. Um, new, new inventory remained at more than double the prior year. So a lot of people, they're putting their houses on the market. Uh, so... I think you're going to see a fairly active market continue in the Hamptons. I'm out here, and I see that it's busy. The North Fork, the single-family condo new sign contract more than doubled last year's level. 
So again, activity when they doubled, that's a lot. Okay, new and new inventory for both property types remained well above year ago level. So we're starting to get inventory in, which is good. You don't want to have so much demand that there's nothing to buy. Westchester County. Single-family and condos, new signed contracts continue to remain well above a year ago's levels. So Westchester, if you're looking to sell, it's a great market to sell in. And um, if you're looking to buy, well, it's, you know, there's no perfect time to buy, but the interest rates, which Ace will talk about later, again, you're never going to have these kind of interest rates. So it's kind of like an ideal time. Fairfield County, Single-family new signed contracts continue to make, they also remained above level years a year ago. So this pandemic has really increased the amount of sales that have happened in the suburbs. Greenwich, single-family new signed contracts tripled, tripled from the same month last year with no evidence of plateauing. It means Greenwich is still on the rise. And if I go back, and maybe Ace and Stephen will remember, if I go back to before the pandemic, when everything was very hot, for some reason, Connecticut really didn't take off like the rest of the states. I mean, they were kind of okay, but not so, so busy. They are plateauing with no sign to an end of that. So for those of you who are selling in Greenwich, it's really a good time to sell. Florida, I don't even want to tell you. Uh, you, you take Miami, Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach. Palm Beach, the activity for single-family homes nearly doubled, and for condos more than doubled from the same time last year. And, of course, we'll have to have Jay, who runs Florida, on the show to give you an update on Florida, but they are really off the wall. Miami, Dade County, the same <laughs> New signed contracts for both properties edged higher from the same time, so they're all doing they're all doing great. I mean, real estate, and I talk to people across the country. It's busy. Um, Los Angeles new signed contracts slipped before years ago levels, so that slipped for the first time since June. I'm not sure why. We'll have to watch and see what happens. And uh, in Orange County, in California. Activity was higher. Um, San Diego activity was quite higher. And uh, Aspen, new signed contracts gained and roughly tripled those of, of, the, of the year before the pandemic. So um, I guess my summary would be to say to you that real estate is in a good place. Um, I guess nobody was really sure where it was going to be after the pandemic, but it's busy. And, I, and I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this, Ace and Stephen. My thoughts are, first of all, there was a, a kind of a surge to get out of the city because the city had such high cases. But then people spent so much time at home that I think that, first of all, a lot of people said, listen, I'm home so much, the home became, like, so important and they were spending more time. So I think people said, maybe I should buy a bigger home. People decided. And then with the, um, with the whole work situation where my guess is you'll go to the office, but maybe not every single day, people said they could move a little bit further. 
But what's your read on it, uh, Ace? What are you seeing as far as people taking mortgages out? Where are they coming from? Are they first-time buyers? Are they trade-ups? What are you seeing or a combination of everything? So I can tell you just overall the market consensus uh, for October We've, we've seen an increase of 14% year over year, meaning the same month last year in October, uh, there's been a 14% increase in purchase activity and um, transactions, right? So we definitely see people in the marketplace and, and they want to buy. Now, you know, what are they buying, right? To, uh, to your point, Dottie. So we've seen a huge, huge increase in the second home sort of um, price range and, 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 Parts of Connecticut, Long Island, Long Island City, Brooklyn, Queens, they've all benefited from this pandemic. Uh, Westchester, for example, as well, New Jersey. So there's been a huge influx of second home um, properties being purchased. So folks will, will still own in the city, but they want to own something that's maybe a larger space, something outdoors. So we've seen a huge, huge um, interest and activity in that marketplace. Now, on the other end in Manhattan, now you're seeing folks actually purchasing apartments for work, for their home office, right? So I've, I've actually been a part of multiple transactions now where people are looking into the city because it's cheaper. They're getting a 20 30% discount in certain areas, and they want to buy it so that they can actually come back into the city and work, and work from the city as a home office a couple of days. So there's a tale of two stories here, Dottie, and it's very interesting to see how this is being played out because we're seeing a lot more interest in Manhattan right now for buyers. If you've been someone that's always been on the sidelines for the last five years, just thinking about purchasing, but the timing was never right because the prices were so high, this is an ideal situation, Dottie. We, we've seen prices in this in, on this island in Manhattan alone because of the whole COVID and pandemic and things being closed early, people have moved out, thus sales have dropped. But there's tremendous activity because prices are actually at an ideal price. And I think people that are shopping will, will have an amazing opportunity. People that don't buy in Manhattan this year or next year will look back five years from today regretting why they didn't even look in Manhattan because – you know, when there's a crisis, this is probably the best time to buy. And I can Absolutely. tell you, people are willing to deal, Dottie. It's, there, there's amazing deals all across Manhattan today. And then when you go out to the suburbs, you know, I mean, look, you know, I made an offer on a home, not even in the Hamptons, but upstate New York, Dottie, because, you know, I went hiking there one time. And I love right. the fact that you're right near Hunter and Wyndham and there's the ski season and, and the right. spring season and summer season. So a home, and I told this um, last week to Stephen on the show, that I saw for 400000 Dottie, um, there was a bidding war, 23 offers on the home, and it went for six fifty cash. Shit, so, wait, say uh, that again? I, it was a home. So went, say that again. It was a, a one-family, you know, you know, small little uh, – it wasn't small. It was around 3,000-square-feet space, uh, beautiful outdoors, you know, right in front of a, um, a lake. And it was going for 400000 and I made an offer, full asking, four hundred thousand. Didn't negotiate. The the realtor came back and said, "Hey, sorry, someone offered six hundred and fifty thousand, two hundred fifty thousand more." And um, they offered all cash as well. So I mean, the market is definitely um, interesting. There's a lot of bidding wars going on in the in, in the suburbs, and there's a demand there. And I think it's not short term anymore, Dottie. I think it's 
it's here to stay where people want to buy second homes. And the amount of second home transactions that we've come across the last, I would say, three to four months has been astronomical. I mean, that's that's definitely okay. a trend that I think is going to stay, Dottie. So. Uh, you know, I agree with you. And on second homes, which I wasn't planning to discuss today, but we're talking about it. I was one of those people, I will say, was ahead of my time. I lived on Long Island, so I lived by beaches. I went to the beach all the time. I lived in a single-family home. And I bought a home in the Hamptons in the 90s, I guess like 95 or something like that. And I would get to, like, if you know Long Island and you know that you go to the expressway, when you get to 70, you kind of get off the expressway and you start to head into the Hamptons. And I would be driving my home, my house, and I would be driving my car. I'd get to exit 70, and I would feel completely different. And I bought a home in the Hamptons when, really, there weren't many Long Island people that bought a home in the Hamptons. It was basically city people. But I felt, for me, I was always working, and it was a quick getaway that I didn't have to think about. I didn't have to plan to get tickets for plane tickets and all that kind of stuff. I could leave my clothes there. And when I had extra time, I could go there. And I do believe that what you're saying is really going to be a trend. And that's when it comes to me. I'd be looking, if I were looking to buy homes for investments, I would seriously look at the second home market, uh, whether that be in the Hamptons or parts of Greenwich or just parts of upstate because I think people now feel, hey, you know what? I don't have to take a plane and I think it'll be a while before everyone feels very comfortable with that stuff. And it's easy. You don't have to think about it. And if you don't have to be in the office every day with the technology, you can work from your home in many cases. So I do agree with you. I see second homes as continuing to be a viable alternative for people to have and maybe they'll have a small place in Manhattan and a and a second home but I just I don't see that stopping I see that trend as going forward um how about you Stephen same thing well I think there's a few things going on I do think people are reconsidering how they travel and I think this is a trend that's been going on for a few years you know that the little there's a little bit of hassle with travel and, and flying so people are looking at you know, driving uh, vacations, and you know, and with these types of properties and locations, they really have the flexibility um, to sort of structure the kind of vacation they want. Um, people are working differently, so when you put it together, you know, it, it is, there is some change going on, and I think you're going to see some reversing trends. And what I mean by that, traditionally, primary residence markets and traditionally second home markets, there might be some flips. So like. Parts of the Hamptons have turned into like year-round communities, like a Bridge Hampton or things like that. So I think you're also going to see that trend tie in with this as well. Yeah. No, I think it's here to stay. And I, I can't tell you that I even see with my own friends. I'll make this quick. We have a break. My own friends, they're here. They're in the Hamptons. But they want to get back to the city for a couple of days. And if you could have the best of both worlds, maybe you have a small apartment in the city and a bigger home here or vice versa. But I think it's gonna stay. And Ace, when we get back with our break, I'd love to talk to you about like the financing for second homes. Is it Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank NA.